Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every single two weeks we look at a chapter of those Harry Potter books and we talk about them. Only one at a time, though. We don't want to exert our bodies. This week we're on episode 102 and we're on chapter 8 of The Order of the Phoenix and it is The Hearing. I can hear that there might be somebody on the other end of the line. Is that you, Tom? Hello, hello. Is this England? This is me, secret agent, away in the war. I'm fighting Germans. It's a secret agent in Germany. That's me. Uh, no, that's it's me. It's a Vision exclusive. Uh, the whole mm. falling in love and getting married thing was a hoax. I am, in fact, a secret agent in a war. And uh, I'm undercover, th- so... That was a thing during the war. Um, yeah. German German women would trick English soldiers into thinking they're in love with them, and then yeah. they'd run off into the woods with them, and then they would kill the English soldiers. Oh, isn't that lovely? Ah. <laughs> Well, there's a, there might be some woods near me. I'll have to watch where I'm going. A bit scary. Did they do it to the Welsh Does, as well? Quick question. Mm-hmm. Does Martina take a knife to bed with her? She does. It's always <sighs> under a pillow. Yeah? Uh, it is a bread knife. So I'm a bit scared oh. that I'll be sliced. Well, if this is the last time I ever see you milk toast... Them farewell. I <laughs> <laughs> thank you for it. So, mm. how's your week been? Has it been all right? Two weeks, actually. I've not spoken to you. Been ages, hasn't it? You were too ill. You couldn't do a double mm. vision last week. So, I did the yeah. double vision solo. I was like, let's see how this goes. I put on my working hat, I put on my podcasting hat, released it. No response. Listeners went like this. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> Somebody on the Discord said they really enjoyed it. And I think someone else said it was uh, surreal. I saw one surreal. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah. for those... So what, you have two responses. Person? Come on. I got two to me, responses. that's a roaring success. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched the first five minutes. <laughs> I thought, hey, this is good. I'll watch that later. And uh, I've not watched it yet, but I will listen to it. I'm looking forward to it. it. I thought it was mostly about you. It's like a tribute to you. As if I've died. Well, as if you were on your deathbed. I answer questions about you, like the Mr. and Mrs. Um, questions. Like, yeah. what? It's funny because <laughs> it was like, you know, what is Lucas's favourite meal? I was like, spaghetti and meatballs. And then it's like... Yeah. Then it, then it was like... What is Lucas's favourite body part of yours? I was like, my nose. You're right. (laughs) We'd have been through to the final with that, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've been ill all week as well. I'm still not uh, not 100%, but I've had a bad... What have you got, Shagger? You what? What illness have you got, Shagger? I don't like that nickname, Shagger. Uh, Why not? You what? Why not? Can't hear what you're saying. Because you keep talking. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) What illness do you have, Shagger? 
Oh, I don't know, but I've had like a poorly belly, a poorly throat, a poorly head, and like really sore eyes like that. Struggling to keep them open, giving me a headache. Mm. Yeah, but it's lasted long, but I feel like I might be getting better. But uh, who knows? Well, yeah, I was telling so someone did solo the other day. Uh-huh. I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I feel like Lucas is always ill. I was like, I think he burns the candle at both ends, and so his mm. immune system is always down. You're correct. <laughs> uh, and I'm well aware of the... <laughs> I like to, yeah, I'm, uh, I keep myself too busy. I think this week as well we've had uh, parents' evenings at school, so we've had to do like, I think there was like 40 parents, and you have to do 15 minutes each. And if you do the maths, that's an extra 10 hours of work uh, that we've had to do in the evenings. So uh, so that hasn't helped with my recovery and recuperation. It's funny. What listeners won't know is that when you're ill, you're ill. But when you need to perform, by God, do you perform. Yeah. I'll wheel Lucas, when we're on tour doing Potter Vision, I'll wheel him into the theatre in his wheelchair like he's the little boy from the Secret Garden. He's got a big thick blanket over his little legs. Yeah. And he's holding his teddy bear. And I wheel him round the theatre before it all opens. And he goes, we'll put a table there. <laughs> Um, a yeah. nice uh, bed of green sleeves as the audience come in, please. Um, wheeling him about, he inspects the theatre. Has that? What do you think about this, boss? And you go, yes. <laughs> so I wheel him back behind the curtain. They play the music. Potter, Potter, vision. He snaps into life. <laughs> jumps out from behind the curtain. Hey! If you've ever seen that recent video of um, Dick Van Dyke dancing along to me, old bamboo, when he's in his 90s, it's very much like that. He, he like, hobbles on to the stage and then suddenly he's, he's dancing. <laughs> 90-year-old man. And that's me in Potter Vision. Yeah. There's Dick Van Dyke vibes. Speaking of Potter Vision, you've got Panto Vision coming up, don't you? Yeah, Panto. I'm on a plane next Tuesday, and uh, we've got rehearsals from Wednesday, and then the first show's on Christmas Eve, and it runs all the way through till the 6th of January, 2023. And you're you coming, know. aren't you, on the uh, 30th? On the 30th, Vision listeners, you're invited to come, buy yourself a ticket for the 30th, Seven o'clock, be there or be somewhere else, because we'll be there. I'll be watching Lucas, and we're going to shout Pottervision sayings at him throughout the show. Don't do that. <laughs> and whenever Lucas comes out, it's me brother! Big thumbs up, because I'm sat on the front row, turn around to everyone like that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Lucas will go... <laughs> um... Don't be doing that. But we'd love to see you there, and afterwards we'll have a hangout and we'll have drinky poos or maybe a bit of grub. Um, I don't shout, know. Out, shout out at Lucas. What other Potter Vision sayings have we got from throughout the show? Hang Tumnus. Shout that yeah. out at the family pantomime. You'll say something. Oh, what are we up to today, Robin Hood? And I'll go, yeah, whatever. Here we go. I, I, 
<laughs> I like that. Every line I say, you'll just go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, shout out. <laughs> Con. Oh, that'd be lovely. I think that'd be great. No, yeah, no. if anyone wants to bob along, just you can just order your tickets. It's Robin Hood at Theatre Colwyn in Colwyn yeah. Bay, and uh, just let us know, and then we'll uh, we'll have like a meet up and uh, have a few drinks afterwards and say hello. Maybe will uh, Martina be coming? Yeah, she'll be there. Yeah, she's coming. Um, uh, she's flying on the twentieth. And I'm very excited because it'll be the first time we've ever actually spent Christmas together. We've oh, never done it before. That's lovely. So that'll be nice. Same for me, actually, this year. Uh, normally, me and my partner Lucy go to uh, different Chris- different houses, but this year we'll be uh, yeah. doing a tour of all, all of them. Um, let me tell you this. Yeah. Would anyone notice if I just got into panto gear and just th- at some point in the show just walked onto the stage... People wouldn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> Definitely. There's spare costumes downstairs. Honestly, I'll sneak you in, get you into something, and you can just bob on stage whenever you want. And all I'm going to do, I'm just going to have a big bucket of, like, lollies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to be throwing them into the audience. It's great. There's a really good... Uh, there's going to be a really good bit where um, Robin Hood and Maid Marion are having a romantic duet. Do it to that. Come on and just <laughs> chuck lollies out into the audience, I think. I think that'd be great. <laughs> or maybe during the final bit where Robin Hood has like a sword fight with uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Just come out and throw lollies at the audience. I'm going to go, <laughs> right. Because sometimes this happened during a panto I went to. I think it was like to... Uh... I don't know, make sure, give actors some time to change the scenery and a Hell costume yeah. change. Where they were like, right, we're going to need some kiddies on stage. Come up, kids. Do you know what? We're going to have a yeah. little contest and uh, whoever wins gets a bigger bumper pack of, I don't know, licorice yeah. all sorts. Yeah. They call that the song sheet. Uh, so there's always a bit. Um, after the final scene, before the finale, where the dame or someone comes on and either gets the audience singing a song or gets the kids up to do a competition. And it's officially known as the song sheet. I'll do that. Come on, kids, who can do the best moony? Let's moon the audience. <laughs> hey, it's funny you should mention that, because that leads into one of my stories for this week. Go on. I take the bus to work every day, right? And I get the bus back. So often in the afternoons or the evenings, I'm waiting in Fulda bus station. Mm. And it's funny you should mention bottoms and moonies because the other day I was sat in the bus station Mm -hmm. waiting for a bus. And there was this very tall man. (sighs) And uh, he looked a bit rugged. He had, uh, you know, baggy, uh, like, joggers on. And a big coat. And he looked a bit dishevelled. And he started walking. He was like walking around the bus station looking for things. And he starts picking up cigarette butts mm. off the floor. Collecting them, right? But every time he does that, he doesn't bend his knees to pick them up. He just like, <laughs> he just like bends over without bending his knees. 
every time he does, his joggers slowly slide down and reveal an enormous bottom. And I'm not going to lie, I could see 50% of his crack, this bloke. And he was walking around, and he must have picked up about 20 cigarette butts. And every time, he would reveal his pasty peach. Mm. And the the seam that glues them together, i.e. his crack. They all mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what does it all mean? Is it a sign from God? What is that? What? <laughs> what? How am I supposed to interpret this message sent from heaven? What did it look like? Well, I won't go into too much detail, but it was very much like one that we've seen together. Oh, not that one. I love that you knew instantly which one I'm referring to. And you know what? Me and you have seen a fair few arse cracks. If you're in the Northwest comedy scene, there's a lot of chaps who aren't wearing belts. And so, the amount of times they'll bend over to pick something up and you'll see a whole arse, sometimes, a set of testicles out the back of their jeans. I don't think I've ever seen uh, the second half of that, but I've d- definitely seen a few builders' bottoms. They'll go, ooh, is that 20 pence piece? I don't mind picking that up. And they'll bend over and wipe their testes. Sometimes, if it's like cold out like it is today, the testes can get stuck on the ice and there's no way of getting them off. Oh, dear. is it snowing where you are? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a white... It's a white uh, morning today. Oh, same here. That's nice. Mm. Very lovely. Yeah. So yeah, that was my update. I've seen a, a bottom. What about you? Let's <sighs> have a think. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I'll have a think. I prepare sometimes. I write down what I'm going to say here. Tom, Tom likes to have a think while we record. <laughs> well, not much happens to me. Do you know what I mean? I live a miserable life. There's one. Um... <laughs> um, I quit my job yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Because they offer this thing called a career break at work where like, you can just stop working there. And then come back after a bit if uh, with, and get your job back. So I said, oh, can I have a career break, please? And they said, no. So I said, oh, they went, um, no, you can't have a career break because uh, you we don't have enough staff at the minute. And I was like, all right, then. Right. I'm going to quit then. And they went, okay. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, yeah. And they went, do you want, but, do you want to have a chat about yeah. it? And I went, no. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, as one door closes, that door remains closed. Mm. That's the business's motto. Mm. But now, you know, you've got your time free to do what you really love. <laughs> and that's... Uh, 
Speaking, let's. Are you ready for a chapter eight? Uh, Order of the Phoenix rundown. More than anything. So, chapter eight the hearing. Harry walks in and gasps. It's the exact same dungeon that he saw in the Pensieve. Bloody hell. And everybody's there to sentence him to death. Next thing, Fudge is saying the charges, and in comes in Albus Dumbledore. I'm here to protect Harry. And he says all these things, and he doesn't look at Harry once. Anyway, Fudge gets very annoyed because of Dumbledore's logic. He's got a witness that saw the Dementors, all this stuff. We get introduced to Dolores Jane Umbridge. Don't know if we're going to be seeing her again anytime soon. And then it's the verdict. Hands up for, he's all right and he can still do magic. It's the majority. Mm. Hands up for, kill him. It's the minority. Harry wins the court case. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And that was the hearing. What a chapter. I like this chapter. I did, actually. It felt like uh, an ITV drama. Harry's in the courtroom. Arthur Weasley's in the street. The biggest pig in England is just about to speak, starting from now. Yeah. <laughs> did you oh, have that rhyme good. in uh, Wales Weird. growing up? Yeah, did you have well, that rhyme in Wales growing up? I've never heard of it in my life. Have you not? It was a game. So you go like this. Silence in the courtroom, silence in the street. The biggest pig in England is just about to speak, starting from now. And you'd all put your fingers on your lips. And the first one to talk was the biggest pig in England. Bloody hell. No, no, we, we do different rhymes in Wales. There's a, there's a New Year's tradition. Uh, where you basically you dress up as a dead horse. You have a you have a horse's skull, and like you're all in the horse, and you go to somebody's house and you knock on the door and they open the door and you do a little poem and it's something like, "Blowing now with thy he akipaubsidunati." So you say Happy New Year to you and everyone in the house, mm. and then it's the job of the other person. The other person has to respond to the rhyme with a rhyme of their own. And if they don't, then the horse mm. is allowed to enter the house and take all the drinks away. It's the, It was the olden days Grinch. Have you seen this new days Grinch where um, people are paying a Grinch £70 to come around to their house? <laughs> no, is that a thing? Yeah, it's uh, so they pay some person £70 that dresses up like the Grinch and then they go, kids, look, it's the Grinch. But these Grinches, they keep trashing the houses like they're pulling, they're acting like the Grinch from uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch and they're pulling yeah. the Christmas tree over and they're like, oh. they're, th they're throwing boxes of cereal up all over the room and they're like, you know, getting Nutella and spreading it over the kid's face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you're telling me the horse used to come in and uh, drink people under the table. Well, yeah, he used to like steal the the alcohol away from the house, something like that. That's funny. It's a bit, it's a bit of Welsh fun to have at New Year. But it's evolved into a Welsh Grinch. Yeah. 
the Welsh Grinch. <laughs> There's my little Welsh accent there. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. So Harry walks into the courtroom, and the first thing he does is gasp. <laughs> it's not a good first impression for your hearing. Right. No. In comes the uh, the plaintiff. <laughs> right, we don't like that. <laughs> no gasping when you walk when you walk into the hearing. All right. <laughs> you, uh, you're giving off the wrong impression. Imagine doing that when you're walking into like a like a police interrogation. Uh-huh. Just sit down. A gasp ain't that bad. Do you, are you, we accuse you of murdering someone. <gasps> hmm. I don't think the real murderer would have gasped. Innocent. That's not for you to say that, detective. Is it that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, because it's so unorthodox you'd think they were innocent, yeah. There were two dementors at your house. <laughs> he doesn't know hey. anything, he wasn't there. The other day, I was watching Jingle All The Way, and do you know what the bad guy in Jingle All The Way is called? Go on. Dementor. Dementor? Bloody hell. Maybe that's like where she got the idea from. I think J.K. Rowling got a lot of her ideas from Jingle All The Way. Yeah, like, go on. <laughs> like that bit where um, he takes his helmet off, and it's him. It's a bit like when uh, Quirrell takes his turban off and it's revealed to be uh, Voldemort. Yeah? Oh, my God, you're right. And the bit where Arnold Schwarzenegger is flying about. It's a bit like when Harry's flying about. (laughs) And Arnold Schwarzenegger is from Europe. Victor Crumb is from Europe. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I'm going to look into this book. I think she's had a lot of ideas from Jingle All The Way. Oh, my God, and I've just realised. Arnold Schwarzenegger is from Europe. Harry Potter's from Europe. Hey. There's a lot of... I think there's too many coincidences here, aren't there? Yeah? Mm. Hashtag Jingle All The Way. Hashtag Harry Potter. Jamie! (laughs) It's McDoe Patronum! Your pal's called Jamie, isn't he? He's putting a spell on him. Jamie! It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think the films would have been a bit more successful if Arnold Schwarzenegger played Harry Potter. Turbo Man! She was their friend. (laughs) Right, Arnold, Mr. Austria. What side was your dad on during the war? Why are they asking him that in the Harry Potter films? <laughs> the Wizarding War. Man, that makes more sense. Yeah. Percy, oh, you yeah. snake. Well, because originally you... the first book was going to be called Harry Potter and the Jingling All the Way. Mm. They got changed last minute to the Philosopher's Stone. Hmm. Hmm.
Do you think it's a bit inappropriate a uh, child hearing to have chains on the arms of the seats? I don't know what you think. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because <laughs> like he's broken a rule for children, do you know what I mean? Like it's a specific yeah. rule for children. Children may not operate magic outside of Hogwarts. Surely this is a matter for school do you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. yeah it's because like he's... going to court for smoking yeah cuff him to the chair boys only had one drag harry potter you stand accused of watching blue movies how do you plead <laughs> i didn't watch them <laughs> yeah I'd have made for a more interesting chapter if he'd been accused of watching a blue movie. Hmm. He'd accused of watching Robin Hood, Prince of Beeves. How do you plead? Percy, you snake, what have you become? If I was there... I would have to say something to Percy because Percy's like ignoring everyone, isn't he? He's like, hmm. Yeah. You know, he's like a little, I don't know, thinks he's better than everyone. I'm part of the ministry yeah. now. Hmm. I'd, I'd have to say something. I'd be like, I'd look at him, I'd go, you better be a double agent, Percy. Double agent, are you? Do you really want to marry me and take me to Germany? Yeah, That's for another day. Fuck you then, Percy. <laughs> well, he's only there to take notes, and I think the Ministry would save a lot of taxpayers' money if they just got these quills that Rita Skeeter uses. He'd save heaps of money on people writing things down. Just get one of them enchanted quills that write things down for you. I can't help but feel that wizarding court systems have been heavily influenced by our own court systems, right? It's like they've looked at our yeah, courtrooms and it's like, oh, we'll just do all that then. We'll have a judge, a jury, a man, yeah. a stenographer, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. You cannot Someone think of your own stuff. The scene. Are you telling us that you came up with all this independently? Ah, we've got the cage in the middle for someone. Well, I don't know if overseas listeners will know this, but there's a weird uh, rule in the UK where you cannot bring a camera into a courtroom, but there can be somebody there drawing a picture <laughs> of the court. So often in a newspaper, you'll see this very serious uh, article about someone who's been accused of murder. <laughs> and then a lovely little drawing someone's done with pencil and crayons. It's very nice. And on the bottom it says John, age 37. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'd love that. You know, on the. Uh, do, do you ever watch Smart as a kid? You know, go the on. CBBC program, Smart. Well, they make, made it out. You're saying, go on, yeah. <laughs> they used to have a bit in every episode where they'd show you uh, a montage of all the pictures that had been sent in. And I'd just oh. love for one of the episodes where they were all 
courtroom drawings on an episode th- of Smash. I thought you were going to say, oh, it'd be lovely if uh, instead they had someone moulding a plasticine model of the defendant. <laughs> that is even better. I'd love that. But it is funny. The, the, the on- clay making... You'll go on the Daily Mail website and you look at, or any news website, and you look up, um, I don't know, whatever trials are in the, um, uh, yeah, uh, like court at the moment. It's like paedophile ring, John, age thirty-seven, drawn here. I love that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they always get the same kind of artist, don't they? Come on. Why not get Quentin Blake in to do a few? Yeah. I used to remember looking at Mate, Quentin Blake illustrate. Up. I remember looking at Quentin Blake illustrations when I was a kid and thinking, he's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's done these? Yeah, I think as a kid you don't understand, like, stylized drawings or drawings that are supposed to have a certain effect. I think you know, as a kid you're just like, how much does it look like a real person? And if it doesn't, you think, well, that's rubbish. What's that? I did like it, though. I think I did like... I was really drawn to them, but I remember thinking, I like it, but these aren't the best. These illustrate... Has a kid done these? These aren't the best. Yeah. And then having a few books and thinking, he's getting no better, this lad. You think after doing a few books, they'd look a bit more lifelike, wouldn't they? Williams got Quentin Blake to illustrate The Boy in the Dress, his debut children's novel. However, I don't think he went on to illustrate any more of Williams' book. Maybe he did one or two, if not none. But, yeah, I feel like that was Williams' way of, like, trying to tap into that Roald Dahl charm. I do. Well, now, I don't know why I know this information, but I believe now... Uh, he has Tony Ross drawing pictures for his books, who famously drew the Horrid Henry series. Mm. And that's not to be confused with Bob Ross, who is dead. Who is, bless him, dead. For lack of a better word, dead. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Rosses in this world. There's Bob Ross, Tony Ross, and Ross from Friends. Can I just say, may I? You may. I feel like they purposely moved the courtroom last minute so Harry would be late and they could rule against his favour in his absence. Yes, and not only that, but so that Dumbledore would not make an appearance because they hint at the fact that they've not even sent a letter to Dumbledore. But he says, oh, luckily I got here three hours early just in case. Mm-hmm. Very naughty from the Ministry, that. Very naughty indeed. And then the uh, list to Harry Potter, his uh, his charges, they're like, Harry, Harry Potter, you are accused of conjuring a Patronus in front of a muggle outside of school hours. Yes, I did, but there was a Dementor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hey, uh, Amelia Bones is very impressed with Harry Potter's corporeal... Patronus. It's like, bloody hell, you actually turned it into an animal, did you? Not just a wisp. Yeah, yes, it was a it was a stag. Very impressive. Very impressive. I would say like if I was that age, mine would be just a wisp. 
Yeah. yeah. Hands up. Mine would be two. Hands up. If I had a Patronus, mine would be wispy. Yours would be a delicious walnut wisp. It would. A hundred percent. And that's okay. You know, there's no shame in having a wisp at that age. You've conjured one yeah, before. I've conjured them all the time. You could do that in my sleep. Yeah. I'd be very imp- You know, if you if you turned up to my house now as a, what, 29-year-old man, coming round to my house and you present a beaver out of your wand, I'd be bloody impressed. I really would. I fought off a hundred Dementors to save Sirius Black. Mm. Well, you are. shouldn't have said that, Harry, should you? <laughs> you are well as Sirius Black is a criminal. Sirius Black is an escaped convict and you've been colluding with him? He's my friend! Yes! <laughs> He's my godfather! Oh, because we've talked about before how we find it really frustrating when you get a, an episode of a TV show or a film or whatever where the parents don't believe what the kids are saying. Mm. This is like next level frustrating how Harry is saying his case and they just don't listen and twist his words. And I don't like it. Oh, totally. But who's there to his rescue? Nice. We get a witness in the form of Arabella Doreen Fig. Mm. And she sits. She's not very convincing, is she? She sits in the uh, stand and they go, Who? (laughs) They go, Who exactly are you? And she says, My name is Billy Witch and I'm a little bitch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well. There, are, there aren't that many wizards in the world. Surely, like, you've heard of everybody in the wizarding world, even the squibs. Hmm. Well, I think there's only about a thousand witches and wizards in the world. Yeah. Surely you'd know most you'd of know them. You'd know more, wouldn't you? Yeah. Because I think, like, there's only about 40 a year at Hogwarts. You'd know every single one of them. You could have them all on Facebook. Yeah, 100%. You've got a maximum of 5,000 friends that you can have on Facebook. So that covers the whole wizarding community. You could have. There could be like a new list every year in the paper. The new 40 wizards. Mm. Oh, look at these. Well, yeah, in the UK, at the end of every year, they have the Forbes top 100 uh, most influential people, don't they? Bloody hell, if they did that for the witch and wizarding community, that'd be like half the population. Mm. Forbes' is top, uh, Forbes' is 100 top influential people. Number 50, Dave the Bin Man. <laughs> He's influential. He convinced me to go to semi-skimmed milk. That's a Bin Man influencing that. <laughs> it's just passing conversation. Imagine that. He's emptying a bin into the lorry. You're a bit fat, you know. Excuse me. <laughs> Bit of water in your hey, milk. I'm putting out a lot of blue tops into this bin. <laughs> you want to go green? <laughs> Dave the bin man, he's convinced me. Um, yeah. 
isn't it? Parabella Fig, uh, she's not very confident. I think Dumbledore should have put the Imperious curse on her, you know, giving her a bit of confidence. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Just put a, put, put a forbidden curse on her just before court trial. Just do that, I reckon. Well, I think the Imperious could, curse could be used for good. You know, if you're, like, nervous in an exam or something, someone just put the Imperious on you and make you not bother. I think Dumbledore should have put the Cruciatus curse on her before she went in. I think so, yeah. Loosened her up a bit. Go on, look. You know, like, you have them techniques where you really tense your body and then you let go. It's like, pro- I think it's called progressive muscle relaxation, where you go like that on different parts of your body and let it go and you feel relaxed. Well, that's how she would be. A bit of crucio before she went in. I hope. And it would have, uh, yeah, soothed her bones. I'd love to imagine, if you are a squib, that um, when you go in... Uh, no, like when you're like a squib and you're like, okay, I'll go live with the muggles. They give you like a nice little yeah. pension. I hope so. Yeah. Because otherwise, they're like, a couple of knuts a month. Imagine that. Like, you're a wizard and you've got no money. Well, like, you're a squib and you've got no money. And they're like, right, job for you. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they should get some sort of benefits, shouldn't they? Because they don't have the, the same powers as the rest of the wizarding community. Squid benefits. Yeah. What makes me laugh is that in this... Uh, in the last book, right, Goblet of Fire. We all know the title of it. Um, Voldemort had, like, a year-long scheme of how he was going to kill Harry Potter, right? It yeah, was yeah. really, like, well-plotted out, intricate, right? Yeah. We're going to have uh, Barty Crouch Jr. groom him <laughs> over the space yeah. of nine months so he could, like, touch a port key and then to, like, be uh, take his blood and then to duel with Voldemort himself, right? Now, in this book, uh, send two Dementors, see if that does it. <laughs> I think I think he's run out of ideas. Like he's put all of, all of his efforts into last year's scheme. Like this year, oh I don't know. Send Grip Hook with some knuckle dusters. <laughs> he's running out of ideas. He's put all of his eggs into one basket. It's not worked, and now it's after the Lord's Mayor's show. Uh, Eggy's house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. A banana skin at the top of the stairs. How about some paint cans dangling from string from the ceiling? No, no, that's Home Alone. Oh. Thing is about Harry Potter, he always runs fast round the mountain roads. I say, upon a wall, we paint a tunnel, right? And at the end of the tunnel, you'll be able to see yeah, the end yeah. of the tunnel. And he should run at the tunnel thinking it's a tunnel, but when, in reality it's a wall and he'll crush himself to death. <laughs> ah, but then the problem is, he somehow <laughs> runs through the tunnel anyway, and then when you try to run through the tunnel, you hit your face. I don't see that happening. Let's do it. And we get introduced to a character that we may or may not see later on called Dolores Jane Umbridge. And of course, Harry's first impression is that she looks like a large, pale toad. Mm. Of course, that's your first impression. You know, her face comes into the light. Oof, she's a munter. 
What are you doing thinking about her looks? You haven't looked at anybody else's face and judged it, have you? Mm. It's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get much from her in this chapter, but we're, you know, we're sowing the seeds. Harry aren't we? sat in that courtroom. Oh, unshaggable. Sorry. <laughs> you filthy pig. Well, it's just a bit like. A bit shallow, isn't it, to judge people on their appearance? Mm. But thank God Dumbledore was there. I think I think they're giving the impression that if Dumbledore wasn't there, Harry would have been hung, drawn, and quartered. Yeah, he'd been buggered for a better word. Dumbledore comes in and he starts turning this trial on its arse, pushing back. Good on you, yeah. Dumbledore. It's pushy people like the Ministry who make you feel like you are guilty. You go in, they start accusing yourself, accusing you of stuff, and they don't let you talk. And sometimes you just think, "Oh yeah, fine, fuck it, I'm guilty." You know, I'll be, I'll be, I'd be in there agreeing, going, "Yeah, fuck it, charge me for what you want, kill me, shoot me, Dark Lord, shoot me with a gun, end it now." Uh, this is for a parking <laughs> offence. <laughs> Shoot me, Dark Lord. The Dark Lord's not here. <laughs> the Dark Lord is not here. I'm Judge Griffiths. Shoot me. The Dark Lord isn't... I don't even know who the Dark Lord is. Shoot me, Judge Rinder. What? Come on, Judge Rinder, shoot me. Judge Judy, right? Fine, she can have the dog. If she wants the dog so much, she can have it. Shoot me, Judge Rinder. Shoot me, Judge Judy. Come on, Judy. Bailiff, shoot me. We know you've got Bailiff, one. Bailiff, shoot me. I've been shot by Judge Judy Shindlin, or whatever her name is. And it, Here was him in court. Just, Fudge just goes on died. about Harry's stories. Eh? Him in court just before I died. <laughs> 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 Uh, before he get, um, they decide. Fudge is on about Harry's, and he calls them cock and bull stories. Mm. I remember as a kid, I used to think the phrase was cock and bull stories. <laughs> and I was like, what is a cock and bull story? I don't want to hear about that kind of story, do you? <laughs> it's a cock... But it's cock and bull. Excuse me, right, we're living in 2022. Can it not be labia majora and labia minora story, please? <laughs> Petition to make that the new phrase. I'd love that. <laughs> there we go. Sometimes we have isolated uh, clips of uh, us talking, and I hope that sentence Tom just said... <laughs> It becomes a sound bite. Come, yeah. Oh, don't come in chatting that shit, that labia minora, labia majora story. <laughs> we love it. Uh, people, please start using it in your day-to-day -day lives and we'll see if it catches on by February. And then, then they go straight to... Uh, they go straight to uh, the judification... They go straight or adjudication. I don't know what the word is. But they they vote. It's very quick. You you'd be gutted if this was your jury service and you were done in an hour. Bloody hell! I thought I'd get a whole week off work doing this trial. Mm. <laughs> well, 
Maybe, maybe they could like fake it, let you go back to work. Um, is the trial still going on? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of details in this story to pick through. Yeah, a lot of details. Oh really? What like? What was it? Um, his cousin had, had said that uh, Cedric Diggory was his boyfriend. <sighs> Say no more. That's a day in itself. You get two days out of that. Yeah. All right. Take another week if you need one. We understand. <laughs> He's going to kill me, mum. Is... Where is your mum, Potter? Is she dead? Is she dead? Go on. What were you saying? I was going to say the vote was cleared and Harry is cleared of all charges. The vote was in his favour. <laughs> I won the trial. I'm going back to Hogwarts. I get to go to school again. Um, I was thinking, though. And Dumbledore leaves. And it's very curious that throughout this whole process, Dumbledore has not looked at Harry James Potter once. What do you make of that? Um, maybe finds Harry a bit cringe. I do that sometimes. You be in a group of people, and it's a bit rude. Yeah, I but think you'll so. find someone who's a bit cringe, and you oh, I can't look at them today. This person's cringe, like, mm-hmm. and they'll cling to you, and they'll like lean in, and like, I don't know, they'll spit food in your mouth, and you're like, oh, why did I give him? Oh, why is this happening? But I'm, but I'm guessing most people won't be able to relate to that because they're not on the Northwest comedy circuit. Roger not that's... wiped your ass today is it son right I think this <laughs> scheme was not well thought out right the whole whatever was happening at the beginning of Order of the Phoenix right we'll try and kill Harry Potter with a Dementor well that hadn't worked alright we'll try and expel him well yeah. you sure he was trying to defend himself. How are we going to... Do you think that trial will ever like amount to anything? We'll change the courtroom. Jesus Christ. What do you actually want from Harry Potter? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is he bothered? Mm. Crack on with your own life. As soon as you stop worrying about what other people think... You live a much more peaceful existence. You really would. But unfortunately for me, that moment will be when I'm beyond the grave. <laughs> it's lovely. Right. How many? How many? Labia Majora and Labia Minora stories are you giving this chapter <laughs> five? <laughs> I really enjoyed this chapter, actually. Uh, I like that it was a courtroom drama. I felt genuinely tense reading it when they're being so damning of Harry's stories. Uh, and Dumbledore being the legend that he is with his cool logic and calm rebuffs. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and a happy ending is always welcome in my household. 
So I've got to say that I'm going to give this a very good, a very fantastic, a very perfect five labia minora and labia majora <laughs> stories out of five. <laughs> Martina's just listening in the next room. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very nice score for me. Um, I completely agree. This chapter was really interesting. A whole array of new characters, um, plenty of drama. Uh, the stakes were high, and also uh, there was the delicious reward of Dumbledore beating them into submission of like getting them to drop all charges but also Dumbledore taking control and being like yeah I think all this will need to be investigated won't it huh why were two Dementors on been uh, told to go hunt down Harry Potter and Cornelius Fudge is like uh, 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 uh. yeah exactly yeah exactly mate yeah that's why he's stuttering because he's chatting shit um, but Harry was great you know sat there being a little Tosser. <laughs> and it's for those reasons, yeah. really, this it was a really interesting chapter. I give it five labia majora and labia minora stories out of five. It's a perfect 10 out of 10. Right. Yeah. Are you ready for quiz? Nope, so. Quiz, 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 uh, last episode that we didn't do the quiz to the tune of Old Lang Syne. So that is for you, whoever said that. Alright, question one. How did Harry sit in the courtroom? Nervously. Oh, gingerly. That'd be Ron, surely. <laughs> 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 hey that's what you listen for isn't it listeners um, also if you were listening then me and Lucas uh, did the Muppet laugh <laughs> like so there's probably a bit of a gap but if you watch the video me and him were laughing like uh, Jim Henson's Muppets <laughs> um, question two how many s how many sat at the bench above 50. Correct, sir. Question three. How many charges were... What were the charges against Harry? Um, underage use of magic. Magic and? in front of muggles. Correct, sir. Question four. What clause does Dumbledore argue Harry should get off on? Number six. No, he used magic under exceptional circumstances. Okay. Is that close six? I don't know, was it? I think so, yeah. Well, you get a tick for it then. Question hey. five. When did Dumbledore 
Remind Fudge, the Ministry cannot expel Hogwarts students. What date? August the 2nd. Very good. Mm. Very good. It, very good for you and very good for me for writing fair questions for once. Yeah, thank you. The only unfair one was that gingerly one. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, you lost the quiz. Quiz, 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 quiz. This has been a Podavision podcast. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We like that you listen and we hope that you enjoy it too. Next time we will be on episode 103 and it'll be chapter 9 of the Order of, Fe- Order of the Phoenix, The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. Whoa! And just a reminder, you can join us for Panto on the 30th of uh, December. You can join Tom. It's the 7pm showing. Just book your tickets. It's on uh, in the evening. Uh, also, we've got a Patreon get-together in a couple of weeks. All the information is on our social media. I think it's on the 18th of December in the evening, UK time. Uh, so if you're a Patreon on any level, you can join now and you can get an invite. It'd be lovely. We'll be doing a Christmas quiz and all sorts of other fun and games. Also, we're on tour next year. Uh, All but one of the tickets are all on sale now. They're all on the website, pottervision.com. We're going to so many places. Manchester, London, Brighton, Glasgow, Dundee, Edinburgh, Belfast, Newcastle, Scarborough, Sheffield, uh, other places, Denby, Hollyhead, Birmingham. There's loads of other places I've forgotten about. Uh, Swansea. Yeah? There's loads of places we're going to. Leicester. And there's more. There's about 22 dates. We'd love to see you there. So get your tickets booked. Otherwise, you have been Tom, lovely jumper-wearing Laurinson. And you have been the uh, gingerly sat Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. And now it's time for the nation's second favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Droppings. We're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to plopings. It means the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's Droppings. Now what's in a beak this week? Well, we've had some lovely five-star reviews. Thank you very much for sending these in. We've had one from Becky00. And Becky says, amazing, two very enthusiastic thumbs up. I've only just started, so I hope in three months when I'm caught up, I hear you read this out. Well, we hope you've caught up, Becky00, and you hear this lovely review you've written. We've also had another review from Mrs. Vince Noir. That's a very cool name. Best podcast, 10 out of 10. One of my favourite podcasts ever. Genuinely makes me laugh out loud. I especially love hearing about someone else who hates other people as much as I do, so thank you, Tom. As I'm writing this, someone just got out of their seat on the train and is stood in the aisle right next to my seat when the train is still five or ten minutes away from the station. I am irrationally angry about this. It's not irrational, Mrs Vince Noir. I would be too. Do you hate that too, Tom? 
Love you, bye. We've also had a lovely review from SR666, who says, yay, so good. I wish I'd found this sooner. Thank you very much. And finally, we've had a lovely review from Claire Fry, who says, love the Pottervision boys. I first saw the Pottervision boys at the Edinburgh Fringe in 2018. And my husband and I would quote bits of each other every ever since. Oh, lovely. Uh, I've only recently... This sounds a bit rude, though, doesn't it? They're quoting bits of each other. Uh, I've only recently discovered the podcast, even though I saw the live show at this year's Fringe. And I'm currently binging it. It's amazing. Tom and Lucas are hilarious and bounce off each other brilliantly. Really love the podcast. Thank you so much, Claire Fry. Now, we've also had some nice messages on Tinternet. People have been emailing us in. So we've got a message here from Rudolf, fellow Rudolf. He says, hi, Pottervision boys. I wrote in to tell you that I enjoy your podcast way too much. My friend, Bellatrix12, recommended this podcast to me, and I understand why she loves it so much. By the way, it's her birthday at day of release, 12th of December. Bloody hell! Bellatrix12, happy birthday. It's December the 12th. You're waking up to loved ones, some that you're not so friendly with ones, wishing you a happy birthday. People you've only met once on Facebook, sending you a gif of somebody from the office US saying happy birthday. Yeah, I hope you have a great day and a lovely time, Bellatrix12. And uh, we wish you all the best for another year of your lovely life. Uh, Rudolph also says, I have gobbled all the episodes in one week. That's like, hey, that's like 12 a day. And I cannot laugh anymore because I laugh too much at your podcast. Get some sleep, Rudolph. Thank you for helping me get out of everyday depression. Well, that, that is important to laugh if you're having a bit of a tough time. Oh, all the best, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You've got a very shiny nose, and thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We've also had uh, a message oh, from Bellatrix12. She says, hi, Pottervision boys. I have a question. How did you guys decide to make a Harry Potter podcast together? P.S. Can you please get the normal quiz theme tune? I miss singing along. Well, here it is for you, Bellatrix. Quiz quizicky, quiz quizicky, quiz 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 quoo. Gonna ask you some questions, how well will you do? Quiz quizicky, quiz quizicky, quiz 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 quoo. Gonna ask you about Harry Potter, Lucas, how well will you do? I'll blow you a kiss. There you go. And how did we decide to make the podcast together? Well, we started doing this bloody live show uh, that we've been doing for about five years, and then we thought, hey, why don't we make a podcast and uh, build a wider audience and also have a bit of fun together? Um, so I think that's it, basically. Yeah. We just thought we'd have a go doing the first book. And now look at us, 100 episodes in on book five. So happy birthday, Bellatrix, and thank you very much for your message. Now, finally, we've had a message from Eleanor Lovegood Potter or Elena Lovegood Potter. I've said both, so hopefully one was right and it's not Elena or something like that. She says, this podcast had me creasing in laughter at work. Picture the scene. Episode 101. Me on a balcony shelving books in a college library. I nearly fell over because I had to suppress my uncontrollable laughter. 
You boys never fail to disappoint. But if I'm listening again and fall off the balcony, I will have to sue. See you in court, Elena. See you in court. And thank you so much for sending us a lovely, if not slightly threatening, message. And that was Hedwig's Droppings. All right, everyone, how's it going? This is the segment of the podcast where we introduce the new patrons to the family. Lucas had to leave the podcast like very quickly. He can only give us an hour this week because he's ill, but also because he had a German lesson. He only allotted an hour for <laughs> the podcast, but he messaged me, oh, you'll have to do some of the baby kisses because well, we're running behind. So I'm going to do some baby kisses on my own. Is that going to be weird? Ooh, normally I've got uh, someone to bounce off of so I can be funny. Uh, <laughs> see if what I'm saying is appropriate. Alas, I'm going to be doing them on my own in a bedroom. Uh, so here they are. Right, the first baby this week is Joseph Harper Herndon, who is a uh, baby Hermione. Ooh. <laughs> now, Joseph, I don't, I've done so many of these. I don't know if I'm, this is going to be a repeated idea, but Joseph, your family are vacationing in uh, Hawaii and you <laughs> let you get out of their sight and you have crawled up the side of a volcano, Joseph, you curious little boy. Unfortunately, your hands have become hot and <laughs> you've started to fall, fall into the, uh, the hot mud that's around the top of the volcano top. Not magma, not lava, hot mud. You know, hot mud. Um, and you've started to cry. <laughs> uh, hearing your cries, a bird has decided to pick you up to try and take you to safety or to eat you. So the bird has picked you up. A pelican, like in uh, Finding Nemo, has picked you up and you're finally out of the hot mud. Hooray! Unfortunately, the pelican has decided to fly you over the top of the volcano. Boo! <laughs> and he's dropped you in. Certain death. But luckily for you, I'm also vacationing in Hawaii because I wanted to go to the place that sings... Uh, there is no place I'd rather be in the ocean blue. God itself on the sunset beyond the horizon. If you don't know what that is, go watch Lilo and Stitch. I got sorry news for you. Yeah, but I see you falling. Oh! And I run to the top of the volcano. Huh, huh, huh. I run to the top of the volcano, I tie a rope around my leg. Not a bungee cord, a rope. So when I grab you, when I jump in, it's going to snag my spine a lot. Possibly breaking my back, but that is the risk I'm willing to take. I jump, right? I see you flying down into the volcano. Lava bubbling up. Magma. Fire. Yeah, some uh, lava lands on you, burns your arm. Ah! You're crying like a baby. 
God, I got four more to do after this. <laughs> I am swimming through the air down to you. I grab you in the nick of time, hold you in my arms, and excellent. Right, the next one is <coughs> Rebecca Franklin, who is a baby Harry. Rebecca. Um, you have a single father and he is a king. <laughs> he is a king and he is recently remarried. Uh, your mother may be alive. I do not know. Your father has recently remarried to an evil woman who hates you being in the family. So one day uh, your father asks her to feed you. And instead, she fills a bottle mostly with milk, but she plops some poison in there as well. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Some poison. Bloop, bloop, bloop. She screws it on tight. <laughs> she holds you in her arms, right? Proper evil looking in her eyes. This is crazy, right? Looking into your eyes as she bottle feeds you milk mixed with poison, right? The poison makes you dizzy weird confused you wander out of your family's castle and you wander into some woods <laughs> right you're disorientated not understanding anything you wander upon a house right that is filled with little men <laughs> you go in and in a fanatic state you decide to start cleaning up right cleaning up the men aren't there, but their little beds are. You fall asleep on the bed and you come home and your bed is surrounded by loads of little men. How exciting. Not exciting. We don't know who these men are. I, <laughs> I am on the roof of this house because I've seen everything happen. I saw <laughs> your stepmother I saw your stepmother poison you. I saw you wander into the forest. So I followed you and I am on the roof and I'm gazing down at these little men surrounding your bed. Yes, you are a baby. Remember that. Um, they come in close to try and welcome you. But I think enough is enough. I crawl down the chimney. It is a tight fit. I am groaning. <laughs> <coughs> COVID. I'm crawling down the chimney. Also, I have a dagger. <laughs> the little men surround the chimney to think, what's coming down the chimney? Is it a man or is it a beast? It is both. It is me. I hold out my dagger and all seven little men, I slit their throats, right? There's blood everywhere, but you are safe at last. I grab you, I hold you in the air, I hold you in my arms, up in the air, and mwah, 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 mwah. I return you to your father's castle, but one last good deed on my part, I slice your stepmother's evil throat. Hooray! Well, more please. Um, now we have David O'Rourke. David, your parents are vacationing in New York City. They are treating themselves because 
that they had a 12-month pregnancy with you. <laughs> you came out very big and they decided, decided they needed a, um, a holiday after this. So they went to New York City. Now, you were a big boy. And as soon as you could be birthed out of your mother's channel, you could walk on two legs. I know most babies can't walk after three extra months being alive, but you could, David, right? So one day <laughs> on this holiday, your parents mistakenly decide to leave you in the hotel room alone. In your crib, as Americans say, they leave you alone as you are sleeping softly. But the window is open and the curtains are blowing. You begin to stir. <laughs> you climb, you realise what's happening and you stand up and decide to close the window as a bed, as a baby. You stand on the edge of the crib and you jump to the window. You grab it, but unfortunately you fly forwards the open window and you fall out. No one is observing this happening. I am a window cleaner of these buildings and I'm taking my time to clean <laughs> these windows. I hear a strange noise coming from above. It's you, it's you falling towards me. I hold up my dirty bucket with all my dirty water in and I catch you <laughs> in the bucket all safe and sound you would think but the extra weight of this big fat baby on my window cleaning apparatus uh, really takes its toll on the ropes they both one snags Pwah! breaks oh i've got you and my uh, sponge the other one snags and breaks oh <laughs> we start slowly sliding down this window that's on a bit of a now it's on a bit of an angle, right? I've got this baby in you and I'm having to like use my dry hands to slow us down. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to die. I genuinely think we're going to die this time. And so I use my opportunity. Right? And just before like we begin to tumble to our death, a window below is open. I crawl in. It is your parents. I hand them back to you. And I said, what do you think you're doing? Fat babies need extra care. Right. Next is Annie Chaplin. Hello, Annie Chaplin. You are a baby Harry, right? You are born and you have been left to your own devices. Because of the current economic state of the world, both of your parents have to have full-time jobs and your mother has been offered no maternity leave Neither can she afford to put you in childcare. So you are left home alone, right? You have been left home alone. Your parents are going to come back this evening, but for the day, you are home alone. Again, because of the current economic state of the world, burglars are about. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you think you know where this one's going? Maybe. You are walking home alone. You are in your house. You're sat in front of the television, eating popcorn, watching films that aren't meant for you. Two burglars break into your house. One of them is me, right? Uh, you set a load of traps for us. Paint cans, 
throwing them about, smacking them in our faces. Ah, oh! a tarantula on my face. I am screaming, right? You, my pal, you dip his head in hot tar, set fire to him. You throw feathers on him. He threatens to bite off all of your fingers. I think this is inappropriate because even though, you know, you've hurt him a lot, <laughs> you don't harm children. So as he's about to do this, I take out my dagger, my jaggedy dagger, and I stab him in the neck, right? Blood pours out of him. Oh! I think, do you know what? I'm no longer going to be up to what I do. So I hold you in the air and I place you on his dead body and I leave. Welcome. <laughs> right. Next, we have to welcome Daniel Davies, who is a baby. Harry. Hello, Daniel Davies. Hello, everyone. Daniel Davies. Um, a gorilla has escaped from the zoo, right? <laughs> um, this gorilla is walking about your neighbourhood. Your parents um, are high on drugs. They are up in their bedrooms performing chemsex, right? That is chemicals and sex. The chemicals are drugs and they are high as you like and they are past out from ecstasy this gorilla <laughs> has taken a whiff of all the chaos that's been going at your house and is at the windows looking through <laughs> you've been left to your own devices you are sat building blocks in the these are weird i know they are but I'd, lucas has asked me to do them alone and this is what i've come up with you are sat building blocks and you have spelt out the words in these alphabet blocks. You have spelt out the word banana. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. This is one of the gorillas that can read. Right? They exist. Some of them can do like sign language. Others can read actual words. And you... <laughs> Daniel Davies, have spelt the word banana. I don't know whether he did it intentionally, <laughs> right? Or by accident, but it's happened. The gorilla comes into the house, right? He literally walks through a single, a double panel, double glaze PVC door. He's in the house. He thinks you've got a banana and he holds you up by your leg trying to like, you know, shake this banana out of you. But unfortunately, you don't have a banana. It was an accident. You didn't mean to spell it, right? Now this gorilla's angry and he's swirling you about his head, swirling you like crazy. Luckily, you've got a big house, so you're not hitting any of the walls, but still swirling, swirling, swirl. He's making big gorilla noises. Woo, woo. And uh, he accidentally kicks over your building blocks that spelt banana. By accident, whether well, it's by accident, I don't know. The building blocks land in a new formation and it spells the word, help me, Tom Lawrenson. Wow. I awake from my grave. <laughs> in this scenario, I've been dead 10 years, right? I climb a skeleton that I am 
out of my <laughs> grave and I hone in on your house. It takes me hours to get there, but luckily the gorilla is still swinging you about. <laughs> I enter your house, a skeleton, right? And uh, the gorilla punches me. And like in Scary Movie 2, all my bones fall to pieces. But uh, they all go back together again because, like, skeletons can do that. If you ever played a video game where skeletons are in it, it takes a lot to kill them because the bones always reform and they attack you again. The gorilla is scared to death by what is happening in front of him and he drops you. He runs off back to the zoo and he bends back the bars of his own cage, right? <laughs> I pick you up, the skeleton that I am. <laughs> I walk you up to your parents' bedroom. One look at me, they both hold their hands up and vow to never engage in chemsex ever again. I hold you and mwah, 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 mwah. hand you back to your parents where I return to my grave and sleep peacefully. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed that. We've still got a few more uh, come, so it won't be long to get your mental story. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I'm getting to the point now where if you've got any requests, if you've got any elements you want me to involve in your story, let me know. I'll involve them. Uh, or if you just want a surprise, that's fine. <laughs> I'll have stories for years. Alright, see you later. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision Podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Potter Vision.